I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Jim. Thanks, Harry. <clears throat> I'm uh, Jim, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Jim. And uh, happy birthday, Danielle. Is that right? Happy birthday. That's great. That's wonderful to, to witness uh, birthdays. People have been around. That's really important here. Uh, not as important as me, but it's important. <laughs> and uh, Brooke, welcome to Overeaters Anonymous. That's great. And I want you to know something. You're not here by mistake. Okay. Uh, anyway, back to uh, me and my story, I guess. Uh, again, I'm Jim, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And the first time I said that, I almost gagged. I said, my goodness, a compulsive overeater. What, what kind of person am I to have ended up in OA? And... Um, I, I didn't have a good attitude about it at all. <clears throat> I, uh, my, actually, my sponsor from another program, uh, who was a total pain in the ass, sent me to OA because he got tired of hearing me whine about all my problems uh, relative to this program. So I came here uh, very reluctantly, and I uh, figured, gee, I, I'm just not as sick as you guys. I, I'm just not as sick as you guys. You guys are really over the, you're over the top. I'm, I'm just not there yet. And I and I, I want to tell you what was uh, what I was like then, and what and why my perception of things was so skewed at that point. Um, that was uh, over nine years ago, and uh, I uh, at that point I weighed 255 pounds. I'd had a couple heart angioplasties as a result of my uh, obesity and, and uh, inactivity. Uh, and then on top of everything else, I, I developed onset diabetes as a result of this. And uh, I thought, uh, my goodness, and, and I was taking about seven or eight different drugs just to try to keep myself alive and stabilized in some different uh, type of way. Uh, and so I figured I wasn't sick, and isn't that amazing that that would, uh, that would come into my mind? And uh, so uh, the funny thing is, the longer I'm here, the sicker I realized I was when I first came here. And uh, the more of a compulsive overeater I am today than when I first came to you uh, over nine years ago. So uh, I've had a total uh, change in my perception and uh, in my attitude. <laughs> now, that first meeting, as I say, I had a bad attitude. I uh, did not identify. I couldn't find anything that you guys were that you were going to give me or I could get out of this program. So I just went away and continued doing what I was doing. Uh, and uh, things finally got so bad that my sponsor in, in another program again suggested I return to OA, get a sponsor, change my attitude, and, uh, and try to make this thing work. And he said, instead of going in there and looking what you can get out of it, why don't you go in there and try to see what you can contribute to the well-being of the group? And I thought, all right, I'll give it one more try, but I if it doesn't work this time, I don't want to hear any more about it. He said, I'll never bring it up again. And uh, so that was our agreement. And so I came to uh, my OA meeting at Don and Laguna Hills, and I went in and I thought, well, I'm going to do just what my sponsor said. I'm going to go in there with a good attitude. And I don't remember exactly what I did, but I did a little greeting, set up a few chairs, said hi to people, smiled. Uh, you know, I knew how to do that from another 12-step program. I knew how to act uh, contrary to what was going on in my head. Uh, so uh, that's what I did. And, I, you know, it, was, it worked quite well. I, I, I thought, geez, maybe this isn't so bad after all. I, I, I thought, you know, maybe I'm going to go ahead and ask somebody to sponsor me. And uh, so I didn't wait around for that perfect sponsor to fit my, uh, you know, my requirements. Because uh, if I had, I'd probably be dead. But 
I, I picked out the first person that I thought just had something they could give, you know, that I could get from them, and I, I liked what they were doing, and I asked this guy to sponsor me, and he, uh, he did. And we had a wonderful, we still have a wonderful relationship. And uh, he uh, took me through the steps, and I have been abstinent since that, since that meeting to this. I've never, never uh, uh, eaten compulsively again. Isn't that amazing? Just, uh, I was, uh, <clears throat> matter of fact, I'm going to back up here a little bit because I wanted to share this with you. I do a lot of thinking and uh, evaluating of things in OA. Not that it does me any damn bit of good, but I like to do it anyway. <laughs> uh, I found that well, my actions uh, really are what do me good, but it doesn't stop me from thinking and uh, evaluating things. And so uh, I was uh, looking through the big book and I was uh, reading Bill Wilson's story. And in his story, he describes how he had a spiritual experience. A bolt of light, a burning bush, whatever you want to call it. He had a spiritual experience and uh, that uh, uh, changed his life. <clears throat> now, that experience did not strike him sober. That was just an awareness that now there was something, there was a, a solution, a spiritual solution perhaps to his problem. But he had to go ahead and, and go on and work the steps and start and do the same things we all do. He had, to, he had to do that to stay sober. So he wasn't struck sober. So it was a matter of awareness. It was a matter of awareness, okay? He, he was aware that something had, had happened, and he describes it in his story. Now, uh, in the uh, early steps, they, they said in the 12th step, in fact, I'm doing a 12th step right now. I'm carrying the message to you guys. That's what I'm doing, my 12th step. But in the 12th step, it said, having had a spiritual awakening. Well, originally it said, having had a spiritual experience. That's the way the steps were originally written. Well, most people did not have that bolt of light. Uh, they didn't have a spiritual experience like Bill Wilson described in his story. And they thought, well, hell, if I didn't have a spiritual experience, I guess this isn't working, and uh, goodbye, I'm leaving. And they left. And so they, uh, <clears throat> I don't know who it was, but they decided to change the wording, uh, you know, to a spiritual awakening. And they, uh, I think in the back of the big book, don't they make you uh, describe that as, a, uh, as an educational variety? Okay, educational variety. In other words, um, it, it, it supposedly happens slowly. Now, my contention is this, that those, uh, uh, that spontaneous uh, thing that Bill Wilson had and the educational variety are one and exactly the same thing. There is no difference, none, none whatsoever. Uh, and uh, the reason I say that is this. It is, it, again, to me, it was a matter of awareness. And you have to, I had to stick around here long enough and do the things that you guys do to stay abstinent in order to be aware that my life was getting better. Okay? I had, a, you know, I, I had to, to, to stick around until I was aware that I had a spiritual experience. Okay? It was a slow uh, process, but it was the same process as somebody that was aware immediately. And so, uh, if you're new, uh, Brooke, if you're new, Believe it or not, right now, you're having a spiritual experience. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, that's wonderful. Isn't it? You don't know it, but I do. <laughs> so uh, uh, keep coming back. That's what we say. Keep coming back uh, until you're aware that you've had a spiritual experience. Okay? And, and that's what happened to me. That's, uh, that's not my, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you my story. So anyway... Um, let me get back to abstinence. Now, I describe, <coughs> and this is me. I'm not telling anybody else what to do. And I'm not an authority on OA or anything else. I'm just telling you my story. So don't, uh, don't take anything personally if you don't agree with me. 
don't tell me, but, uh, uh, but, but it's okay to disagree with me. You can pray for me after the meeting or something, okay? But just don't, don't tell me. Uh, anyway, um, I, uh, I describe my abstinence as a spiritual condition, period. It's a spiritual condition. And uh, the reason I say that is that, well, let, let, me, let, me, let me define what I think, how, or not what I think, but what I believe uh, I understand this program to be. Compulsive overeating, and I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm not a food addict. There's a big difference between a food addict and a compulsive overeater. If I were a food addict, every time I sat down to eat, I would be indulging in a substance that I'm addicted to, and I would have a reaction, and there would be no stopping. I'd have to stop eating totally in order to address being a food addict. So I'm a compulsive overeater, and what happens to me is in the course of my eating, at some point in time, which I had no idea where it was, I became obsessed and compulsive about the eating. Something at some point in time. But I didn't know where it was until I got here and was able to identify where that line was. So, it's not, it, it, it's not what I'm eating. It's, it, uh, the old, old saying in OA is that it's not what you're eating, it's what's eating you. But I, but I always like to say, it's not what I'm eating, it's how I'm eating it. I, I can eat anything I want, really. I mean, I do have a food plan, I'll tell you a little bit about it. But... I can basically eat anything I want. There's just certain things that are dangerous for me that push the envelope. They push the envelope to, to that edge. And uh, I don't want to do that, so I, don't, I, I stay away from them. And, uh, but if I were to eat one of them, and I do from time to time, it's not a break in my abstinence at all. And uh, so I define abstinence, again, as a spiritual uh, condition. And, and that is, it's not just stopping the compulsive eating <clears throat> and adhering to a food plan because I don't need you to do that. I can do that quite well on my own, and I've done it. I've lost a lot of weight. Uh, I kept it off for not real long periods of time, but considerable amounts of time. And, uh, um, but what makes me different than uh, somebody that just has a weight problem, and not everybody that's obese is a compulsive overeater, by the way, um, and, and not everybody that's slim and trim is abstinent, uh, which is a big misconception here sometimes. And uh, so anyway, I, uh, I, I define it as a spiritual condition because it, it's, it's a medical problem with me. I, I look at uh, compulsive overeating as a disease, purely a disease. It's not a psychological problem for me. It's a, it's a medical problem. I have an abnormal reaction somewhere in my eating that I get enough food in, in me or in my body. Something happens. I have an abnormal reaction, and I start compulsively eating. Okay? And that's, for me, that's the end of the story. Uh, certainly everybody has traumatic things happening in the course of their life, and they oftentimes say, well... Jeez, I had these horrible things that happened to me, and that's why I compulsively overeat. Well, that, to me, can't be. That cannot be. Everybody that has traumatic things happen in their course of life, if that were true, they all, we'd all, everybody in the world would be a compulsive overeater. It's just not true. 
the substance, you have to have that reaction to the substance to be a compulsive reader, And that's just, that's what makes it a medical problem. That, that, that takes the psychological or psychiatric part of that away. It's just not relevant uh, to, that, to the disease concept. Okay, that's how, I, that's how I look at it. All right? And so, I cannot find a medical solution to my medical problem. I've been unable to find that. Everybody's trying. They chop us up. They... Uh, do pills, I mean, just turn the TV on for five minutes and somebody will have a solution for your problem. But unfortunately, it's not weight. I mean, weight and food are just symptoms of what's wrong with me. I have a medical reaction, I have an abnormal reaction to food at some point in time. Period. That's it. So, uh, I compulsively eat. Certainly I gain weight. I become abstinent. Certainly I lose weight. But the weight in itself and the, and the, re, and the food as a substance are, are, really, uh, are really not at the core of the matter for me. Okay? There, there are certainly symptoms of what's wrong with me. But my problem is that disease, that disease. I, I, I'm always going to do that again. You give me enough time and I am always going to compulsively again. I don't care if it's 20 years. It's going to happen again. The best I can figure is this. Somewhere in my emotional memory is tattooed I, that I can get relief from emotional relief from compulsive eating. That, that's there, and that's never going to change. That is tattooed into my emotional memory. And in the absence of this program, I have found that if I do not practice what goes on, what I learn here, the steps and so forth, and, and, and I get in emotional distress, that... I am going back to that again. There's just no two ways about it. And I didn't arrive at OA until I was well into my 50s. And I have been fighting this thing all my life since I was a kid. And I always, when things got, when I had emotional distress, I went, that, that, was, that was my solution. That was the only solution I ever had. So, anyway. Uh, and that's why, I, I, again, I say that, uh, you know, my abstinence is a, uh, is a uh, spiritual condition. It's the only, only uh, way I can uh, account for uh, being abstinent in, in for, for nine plus years. That's just never happened before to me. And uh, it isn't just, uh, and I started to say this earlier, I lost my train of thought, but it isn't just stopping the compulsive eating. That, that doesn't do anything here. It's finding the God-given power to stop eating compulsively. Those are two different, distinct things, two entirely different things. Having a food plan and stopping compulsive eating is not abstinence. It has nothing to do with abstinence. That's adherence to a diet. That's, that's based on willpower, ego, I've got to lose weight, I've got to go weight, this is for me. Uh, uh, I, uh, you know, that's, that's what it's based on. The other one, the God-given power, which we seek out here because this is a spiritual recovery program which we seek out here is entirely different that is a total surrender of the ego uh, of willpower of this trying to control food and, and, uh, and, and so forth it's, a, it's totally uh, diametrically opposed to the other they're two totally separate items so we surrender uh, here uh, we find a power greater than ourselves somewhere, at our, at, you know, of our own, our own understanding. Uh, we get a sponsor and we work the steps, and the abstinence starts. It starts. Spiritual condition. 
And uh, so, uh, and what I do then to enhance that, am I, when, the first day I was ever abstinent, I, I went to my meeting, uh, had a good experience at the meeting because uh, I had a good attitude, uh, got myself a sponsor, we agreed that we're going to start working the steps, um, had a, got myself a food plan uh, going, you know, and uh, by the way, my food plan is just three moderate meals a day, nothing in between. I allow myself one snack. I can take it or leave it, but that's it. And uh, I do not, uh, uh, I don't eat any recreational sugar. I don't, uh, I don't uh, intake any caffeine or aspartame, and I, I don't eat any white bread. And I, another thing I kind of add, I abstain from inactivity too, which has nothing to do with food plan, but it's part of that. So anyway, um, I had all that. I had that, had that down pat, and I, Actually, this was the day after my first meeting. And so I got up in the morning, had a moderate breakfast, nothing in between, uh, moderate lunch, nothing in between, moderate dinner, got into the evening, and boy, it just hit me like a freight train. You know, I, I've got to have something to eat. And I've been doing it all my life. I'm in my 50s, and there's no reason. Uh, I can't see what's going to stop me now. I, I just can't see what's going to stop me. And I headed into the kitchen, and I stood in the middle of that kitchen, I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm, I don't know what stopped me. I mean, just my sponsor gave me the message, I guess. I said, I'm going to call this guy and ask him what to do because I don't think I can stop this thing as well uh, on its way now, and uh, I, ca- I just can't stop it. And so I called him up, and I said, uh, geez, you know, I'm standing in the kitchen here, and uh, I've had my three moderate meals, and I'm getting ready to do some serious eating. <laughs> serious eating to make up for these... Uh, in-betweens, which I didn't like at all. I didn't mind the three moderate meals, but I wanted to continue eating until the next meal. See, so. Anyway, that had been interrupted. Uh, and so I thought I was starving to death. Anyway, I called him up, and I said, hey, uh, you know what, I'm getting ready to do some eating. I, and I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm standing in the kitchen right now, and I, I cannot imagine what you're going to tell me that's going to stop me from doing that. I just can't imagine. And uh, his reply was, you better start praying, and he hung up the phone. <laughs> I remember I, I said, this is, this is never going to work for me. This is, this is way too simple. This is not going to work. But again, I was willing to take the direction of a sponsor, and I stood in that kitchen, and I couldn't think of what to say as a prayer. I didn't know any prayers uh, or anything, really. I thought, well, I, I'm just going to say, well, God, please relieve me of this, obsession, of this obsession to eat compulsively. That's all I said. That's exactly what I said, word for word. And uh, I stood in that kitchen for, I don't know, three, four minutes, and I'll be damned if it didn't pass. The urge passed. The compulsion passed. It was asking for help. It was, it was, it was lifted. And I walked out of that kitchen, and I have never... Uh, you know, I can't say I've never had the uh, urge to compulsively eat again, but never at that intensity, uh, because now I know how to get out of it. I, you know, I'd be, uh, but that was it. That was it. Just that simple. Just that simple. Said, My goodness, how, how could I have overlooked that all these years? <laughs> and uh, so uh, I've gone on, and uh, I uh, have expanded that idea. That, you know, I expanded that spiritual idea that, you know, I have now found a connection with a higher power that can, can relieve me of this obsession to eat compulsively. And so I continue to uh, enlarge that and, and uh, to seek more connection, uh, a more spiritual life, 
and, uh, and so that's what I do. That's what I do. In fact, I, I even today now, I consider my meals a spiritual activity. And, and I'm going to explain to you how I do that. I, I say my prayers before I eat. I'd be sure, I, I'm absolutely sure I've got a connection with my higher power. And sometimes I'll have to do, go through my prayers two or three times before I clear my head and i got a connection. With, this is what I'm doing. I'm asking for an absolute, moderate, and spiritual meal. It's a spiritual activity. So, so I go ahead, I, uh, and I don't, I never uh, eat anything prior. I put, put it on the plate, that's it. I set it down. Uh, I invite my higher power to join me if I'm really feeling a little edgy, and uh, he's, he's done that, and uh, apparently because uh, I, I have never gone off course. I, I get to the end of the plate, and that's the end of that meal. That's the end. Thank you for this absent, modern, and spiritual meal. Thank you. The end of, that's the end of it. No second helpings, nothing. That's, that's the way I do that. And uh, so uh, that uh, works, works well for me, too. Works very well for me. And, I, and so I continue to uh, enlarge my spiritual life at every opportunity. In other words, if I can find an application during the course of the day to take one of our 12 steps and apply it to a problem, uh, it's become like a game. And, and uh, I think a lot of people, I mean, I'm not going to say a lot of people, Let's say some people come in here and take this very, very seriously. And it isn't a very serious deal at all. In fact, it's kind of fun. And it, it is nothing more than a game. It's really, it's, it, it isn't. And uh, the game is, uh, well, first of all, we talk about the ante to get in the game. Okay. The, uh, the game is the 12 steps. That's our game here. That's the game we play, the 12 steps. And uh, um, the ante to get in that game uh, is to stop you have to put a plug in the plate. <laughs> That's the best I can say. You've got, you cannot uh, work the steps into abstinence. I have never, I'm, I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying I've never seen it happen. I've never seen it happen. The eating has to come to a halt and the steps have to start. And so that's the ante to get into the game. And uh, um, that's why my focus... Uh, with these, uh, I, I tried all kinds of things when I first started. Very elaborate food plans, weighing and measuring and uh, uh, weighing myself and all kinds of stuff. And it was such a distraction. And I finally came to the conclusion, i got to get the hell out of the problem and get into the solution. And the solution is in the steps. And that doesn't mean I just go off willy-nilly and anything I want. That means I have to have a food plan that's, that I can live with, something that makes sense. Uh, uh, and, uh, um, and my weight, I don't even know what I weigh, and I, don't, I could care less. In fact, I've really come to the conclusion it's none of my damn business. I, uh, when, I get, when I go to the doctor or something and get weighed, I, you know, they tell me what I weigh, but I'm just really an inter- interested observer in that process. That's all. That's where my higher power has taken me. My job is to stay abstinent. His job is to worry about my weight. Let him worry about my weight. And uh, so that's the way I look at it. I, I just, uh, I just uh, am not here to reach a goal weight of zero or anything of the sort. I'm here uh, to, to uh, recover from a disease of compulsive eating. That's it. Uh, period. So um, uh, that's what I do. I continue to... Uh, take the steps and apply them uh, to different situations in my life. And that has really worked quite well for me. Uh, my sponsor is uh, 
Spencer W. from up in uh, Santa Barbara. I don't know if some of you guys know him. Uh, we've had a long relationship, and he's been around OA a long time. And we, uh, as a matter of fact, we cross-sponsor each other. Yeah. He lost his OA sponsor, and uh, so he said, well, we, you know, we're doing so well here. Why don't we just cross-sponsor each other? You'll be my sponsor, and I'll be your sponsor. And so that's what we've done. We've done that for, I don't know, a number of years now, and it works really good. works very well. And, uh, uh, so when he calls me, uh, I listen to his problems, and then I take the phone and I put it in this ear, and I, I tell him my problems. That's all that changes. That's all that changes. So anyway, um, get back to my story here. I uh, got some abstinence going. I'm working the steps. I got a sponsor. Feeling a little better about things. And uh, but by the way, we're not here to make newcomers feel better. We're here to teach you how to act differently. Then you'll feel better. (laughs) But uh, it's love and service, but we're not going to love you to death. So uh, uh, anyway, that's my take on it. Anyway, so uh, uh, I've got my food plan. I've got a sponsor. I'm working the steps. And uh, boy, that sun is brutal, isn't it? Do you want to move? Go right ahead. Now it's in my eyes. <laughs> uh, yeah, why don't you t- I don't know if that'll do any good or not. I think it's coming off those windows. Isn't it? What do you do? No, no, I'm fine. Yeah, that helped. Thank you. So anyway, uh, things are going good. So I, I my my first sponsor, who was in my other program, that sent me to you guys. Uh, was a medical doctor. He was a medical doctor, retired medical doctor. And uh, so I wanted to report back to him, you know, how well I was doing in OA. And uh, so, uh, you know, I went back. I said, oh, Paul, I'm doing great. You know, OA seems to be working okay. And, and uh, you know, I feel better. And, and I'm glad you sent me and thanks and all that. You know, and I'd been uh, kind of wrestling uh, uh, with depression, a low-grade depression most of my life. And, you know, and I was sharing that with him. I said, you know, this depression thing uh, bothers me from time to time. And really what I was fishing for is for him to give me a prescription for a uh, for some kind of drug that would relieve my depression. That's what I was after. And uh, he would have no part of it. So he, uh, he said, well, you know what, Jim? He says, you know what I do? And he had struggled with depression a lot of his life also. He says, I exercise to relieve that feeling because his theory was that uh, it's physically impossible to be depressed while you're exercising. And so he was, he was 80, 85 and was on a treadmill every morning and, uh, you know, I said, uh, geez, I, I don't know if I want to do that. I said, I'm, I'm 50-some years old and, uh, you know, uh, I've got a heart problem. I've got onset diabetes. I haven't exercised all my life and I, I'm quite sure you know, that my uh, heart doctor would never approve of me exercising. <laughs> I, mean, I just, I know he would not approve of this. And uh, so uh, I, uh, I went to my heart doctor just to, you know, because I, I did no way I wanted to exercise. And I said, my heart doctor is a guy named Greg Thomas up in Orange County. He's a good friend of mine now. But anyway, I said, hey, Greg, you know what? Uh, I've got this guy in my life uh, that... Uh, thinks I should exercise. And I said, I told him, I told him 
you would never approve of anything like that because I have heart problems and diabetes. I weigh 255 pounds. I'm in horrible condition. And uh, I just told him you wouldn't, you wouldn't approve of that. And I just wanted to ask you so I could get him off my back is really what I wanted to do. And uh, uh, Greg looked at me and he said, you know what, Jim? He said, the condition you're in, anything is worth a try. <laughs> so... So anyway, I went back to the old doctor. I said, well, you know what? He said, I guess I could do something not too strenuous. And he said, well, go ahead and try to walk around the block. And uh, So I, I walked around the block. and That's all I could do. I took my dog. I walked around the block. I flopped back on that couch. I was sweating like mad. And, you know, panting. I, I just absolutely wore myself out. And I thought, boy, this is horrible. And, I don't know what I've gotten myself into here, but I kept doing it, you know, and pretty soon I was doing two or three trips around the block and I was feeling better. And of course, my OA program, I'm working my OA program. And, and uh, uh, a friend of mine who was in OA at the time, was a buddy of mine, he's, he was a runner. And I know we got some other runners here. But anyway, I, uh, uh, he said, well, why don't you come over? I live by the high school and we go to the beach. And he said, why don't you come over to the high school with me and you can walk around the quarter-mile track while I'm running. And I said, well, I'd love to do that, but I said, I, I really don't think I could walk a whole quarter-mile. I said, I can go around the block, but I can't really walk. I don't think I could walk a whole quarter-mile. Well, he says, well, come along and walk as far as you can. So, all right, I'll go. So he goes at 5.30 in the morning. So I got up and went over to the track with him. And, and I'll be damned if I didn't walk a whole quarter-mile. I couldn't believe it. You know, I couldn't wait to get back and tell the old doctor how well I was doing with this exercise thing. I told him, boy, I walked, I walked a whole quarter mile around that track. And, and uh, he was just all excited. So, <laughs> so uh, I, uh, I continued to do that. Pretty soon I'm, uh, you know, I'm walking two or three, four, I don't know how many times around this track. And, of course, my weight's coming down. Uh, you know, my, everything's changing. Everything changes here, bro. Everything changes. <laughs> and so... Uh, I, uh, uh, one day my partner came to me and says, hey, you know, you're doing so well that walking. Why don't you try to run a lap? I, so I know, I, I know that's way over the top. I can't, there's no way I could run a whole quarter mile. He said, well, try it, you know. He, he said, you're, you're doing good here. So I said, well, I'll try it. What the hell, you know. So I began if I didn't run a whole quarter mile. Ran a whole quarter mile. Almost died, but I ran a quarter mile. And, uh, anyway, so that started out, uh, uh, being my exercise. So pretty soon I'm running two or three, four times around the track. And I, uh, anyway, my partner that started me on this deal, well, he had a change in his job uh, thing, and he couldn't come with me anymore in the morning. And I said, when I'm on my own, I get up at 5.30 on my own. I said, well, I'm never going to do this on my own. I'm, I'm not crazy. Uh, it might be a compulsive reader, but I'm not crazy. So I'm not going to, you know, I have to have somebody hold my hand and motivate me and get me over there. I, I'm just not going to do this on my own. So I went back to the old doctor again, and I said, you know what? I said, i got a problem. I said, this exercise thing is really going great, but I had a partner I was, was going with in the morning, and now he can't go anymore, and I'm left on my own, and I, I just, this is going to be trouble because I just am not the kind of person that does anything well by myself. Uh, so uh, he said, well, listen, he said, I got an idea. We've talked about it for a while. And, uh, and before I discuss this, I want to uh, tell you that uh, what we do here, we have these 12 steps. And, and, and the 12 steps in themselves don't mean much. I mean, it's not an intellectual pursuit to study the 12 steps. 
what we do here is we take action and put them to the steps. That's what makes them work. You know, they don't, action won't work by, you know, moving furniture isn't going to get you abstinent. And neither is studying the steps. But when you do the two together, then it works like a charm. So I figure for every step, I've got to have some action to do to make that step work, okay? Okay, back to my story. So uh, I, uh, I said, what do you think I should do? And he said, well, i got an idea. He said, why don't you do your 11th step uh, while you're doing your running in the morning? It gives you, you know, a spiritual uh, spin to this whole thing. I said, well, okay, I'll try that. And by the way, our, our 11th step is that we, we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with our higher power, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. That's our 11th step. And... Uh, uh, so, uh, old John H., who speaks in AA, says that uh, the 11th step is the big payoff here. That's the big payoff is the 11th step. And I really took that to heart when I heard it years ago. And so uh, that's what I did. I, I got up in the morning. I um, did my 11th step. Uh, did my prayer meditation while I was running, whatever... Other things I needed to discuss with my higher power, I did, did that while I was running. And it worked marvelously. I've never, and I've been doing this for nine, over nine years now, I've never missed a time. Other than in, if I get injured or I'm sick, I, I you know, I don't, obviously don't do it. I, I'm not crazy, but I, uh, I've never missed a time. Never missed a time. And so it, uh, it worked so well that I thought, well, you know, exercise to me is so, so unpalatable, something I never wanted to do, and I, it's just so objectionable to me. I thought, you know what I'm going to do? As long as I'm doing this, and I've got this program, and I've got these steps, and it's going to be my 11th step, I'm just going to make it part of the 11th step. It does not stand on its own as exercise anymore. It, in fact, I don't even call it that. I call it spiritual activity. 11th step action. Spiritual activity. And the exercise... Uh, and the running, I go to the gym too, but, but the, and I run three days a week now, but um, I, uh, I, I, the exercise is just a part of the 11th step. It doesn't have any meaning other than that to me. It's part of my 11th step. That's all it is. And it's just, uh, and not a major part. It's just part of my 11th step. That's it. I, I, the major part is having that contact with my higher power. And uh, so, uh, the old doctor died, died on me. You know, it was a pain in the ass. And I, I always thought, Jesus, when is this guy going to die? And uh, he, he did. He died. <laughs> I thought, oh, my God, why did I ever say that? Uh, and I missed him so much. You know, my, your perceptions and your attitudes change here. And, I'm, you know, I missed that guy with all my heart. He was every, you know, just gave me everything I ever had. And, and uh, so... Uh, you know, then I then I was alone, and I had I had my OA sponsor, but you know, I mean, as, as far as a real moving force in my life, he was it. And uh, so uh, I thought, well, now I'm really in trouble. I haven't got the doctor, I haven't got my running partner. I do have my 11th step, and that's working good, and, I, and the exercise is paying off, and you know, my health's getting better, and my heart doctor, Greg, is just absolutely he can't believe this whole thing. He just cannot believe it, and uh, so. Uh, I thought, well, geez, you know, I, uh, I, I need a running partner and, a, and, a, and, and somebody that I can... So I, I decided to ask my higher power to be my running partner. I, you know, and I, and I asked my higher power to be my running partner. I've got a running partner. The old doctor died. 
and I'm doing my 11th step anyway. Why don't you just come along with me? Well, apparently, and I don't have a direct line to God, unfortunately. And if I did, I wouldn't be here. Uh, I need you guys. I need, you know, it's kind of a triangular thing. You know, I uh, it kind of goes from God to you to me, back to God, or vice versa. But I can't, it, once that's broken, if there's nobody else in that triangle, uh, that's the end of the connection. I don't have a direct line to God. As I say, if I did, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't need you guys. I, I just wouldn't. But I do need you, and I, I need you to make that link. So uh, uh, apparently, he agreed to be my higher power because I never—I mean, to be my running partner. I'm sorry, my higher power agreed to be my running partner because I never heard anything contrary since you know I, I asked him, and I assume he did. And, and I envisioned every morning when I get up to go running or go to the gym or whatever, I also, you know, I asked him, I said, listen, I am not going to do this on my own. And this today, even after nine years. I mean, it's a regular routine for me, but I, I know if I start slipping away from it, I'll, just like this program, I'll, I'll slip away. And I say, you know, if you, uh, if you want me to do this exercise, uh, just like in the 11th step, I'm now asking you to give me the power to do it. Because I, will, I, I realize that I'm powerless. I'm not going to do it of my own. And apparently, he must be there every morning with his running shoes on. Because I have never, <laughs> never, never missed the time. Off I go, and I feel like he's with me. And so, anyway, to make a long story short, <laughs> uh, I, uh, uh, my life has changed, totally. Spiritual life. As much as I can make it, I want to expand it. As my, as, in fact, it's like a balance scale. The, the larger I get my my spiritual life, I, I enlarge my spiritual life with the steps and with this program and with you guys and my sponsor and everything else we do here. My ego diminishes. Spiritual life increases. Ego diminishes. And that's really made the quality of my life fantastically better. Fantastically better. So, um, I... Uh, I had something else I wanted to share with you. I don't know what it was. Oh, I, uh, you know, after all this story I took, I go back to my heart doctor. And, you know, of course, he's absolutely amazed what's happening. You know, I'm a totally different person. I'm running. I'm working out. All the drugs are gone now. I don't, I don't tell you, I had seven different medications I was taking. They're all gone. I take one uh, just as a precautionary thing. It's, a, you know, cholesterol. But I really don't. I really don't have to take it, but I do. If there's, I don't argue with doctors. But anyway, basically, all the drugs are gone. All the the, the hard drugs are gone. I don't, I don't need them anymore. The the onset diabetes, uh, wherever it goes, I've still got it, but it's undetectable. It's totally undetectable, and I don't have to take any drugs to maintain that. My blood sugar is normal. Everything. They cannot detect detect heart problems in me anymore. Although I've had another angioplasty, I do get blockages from time to time, and those are you know, it's just a dynamic thing, and I'll probably have a couple more. But if I go in and get a physical, they cannot detect any heart problems in me or onset diabetes. Amazing. As a result of what you know, my life has, the quality of my life has increased immensely. Increased immensely. And uh, so uh, I, I continue to do those same things today, every day. And I, not only do I continue to do them, I look for new ways, uh, new ways to find uses for those steps. And I modify prayers. My sponsor told me, you know, you can take that third step prayer. Uh, if I'm in a situation where I'm uncomfortable or I'm in fear 
uh, I'm having difficulty with somebody at work or whatever, you know, I can say, God, I offer you, I offer this person or this situation to you to do with as you will. Relieve me of the bondage itself that I may better do your will. And, and it works. works like a charm. So I continue to do those kind of things. Uh, so um, I, I can't think of another damn thing I want to say. I really can't. Am I done? Or am I, oh, I know what I want to say. Was there, do we have time for a couple questions? I don't know if anybody had a question. But, uh, okay. Anyway, I'm done. And if you, uh, if you have a question and I can answer or somebody else, uh, go to it. Not a question? Oh, yes, there's a question. What's your name? My name is Francine, and I'm a compulsive reader. Hi, Francine. Thank you for your share. At what point were you able to surrender and have the willingness to let your higher power work with you in the program? Well, I think that gets... Yeah. Uh, at what point did I become uh, surrendered and, and become willing to let my higher power work with me in my program? I, again, I think this gets back to this awareness thing. I probably did that the very first day of my abstinence, but I, I was unaware that was that will, what I was doing. I really wasn't sure what I was doing. I was trusting in you guys and a sponsor and... Um, uh, and a direction from another sponsor, and it was all, that's exactly what it was. I had surrendered a big portion of my ego by changing my attitude, going into a meeting with a good attitude. That was a surrender. Uh, uh, asking somebody else to give me direction, that's a big surrender for me. I don't like taking direction from nobody, believe me. Uh, nobody. I, I, I'm just, uh, I, I'm really resentful. Of a, well, I have been resentful of it. I guess I still am to a point, but I, that's one of my big resentments. I resent anybody telling me what to do or anybody with any authority or station higher than me in life. That's, that's the bottom line. So that's exactly what happened. And that was the start of abstinence, my spiritual condition here, you know, that uh, I, uh, you know, and it, uh, and I, 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 just going with that thing about abstinence just a little bit, you know, me losing weight doesn't mean I'm abstinent. That, that doesn't mean a thing. Uh, if, uh, if I am in a spiritual condition and I'm not compulsively eating, that's a different story. And I have gained weight in here. And that doesn't mean I broke my abstinence. I gained that weight by changes in food plan and so forth and so on. And uh, so uh, it was not a result of compulsive eating. And so I'm, I'm often distressed a little bit about us, sometimes people getting judged in here about their weight or weight loss or weight gain or whatever, assuming that somebody's losing weight, they're absent. That's not true. And somebody's gaining weight, they broke their absent. That is not true either. And really all I found it leads to is, you know, is resentment and gossip and, and a lot of things just, just aren't appropriate here. It's just not what we do here. You know, this is love and service, period, end of story. So I don't know. That's too much answer for that question. <laughs> anyway, do, we have, do you have another question or... That's it. Okay, thank you.